Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world, this world, or the next dimension. Yes, it is me, Damien Barr, and the reason I'm mentioning the next dimension is because today's book is all about witches and witchcraft. If you enjoy immersive historical fiction, and who does not, with feminist themes, who does not, and a touch of magic, who does not, then we have got just the book for you. And there have been loads of witchcraft books recently, A.K. Blakemore's The Manning Tree Witches, Elizabeth Lee's Cunning Women, this is a book called Hex, H-E-X, by the brilliant Jenny Fagan, who is the author of Luckin' Booth, one of the big hits of the last couple of years. Jenny was described by the New York Times as the patron saint of literary street urchins. What a brilliant line that is. She's a best of young British novelists by Granta. Hex is the latest volume in the Darkland Tales series published by Scottish independent press Polygon. And you will know this series even if you don't know that you know it, because you've seen the book Rizzio, which I talked about on the Big Scottish Book Club, by Denise Mina about the murder of David Rizzio, secretary to Mary, Queen of Scots. And the idea of this book series is that it's retellings of stories from history, myth um, and legend, all Scottish, all by leading authors. So Jenny's contribution is about witchcraft and it revisits a cold December night in 1591, where a young woman called Gilly Duncan is doomed to hang for the crime of witchcraft. Fans of Outlander will recognise the name but may not know that Gilly really did exist. She was a maidservant who was tortured in the North Berwick witch trials. Here's Jenny to take us back to that ill-fated night. This is Jenny Fagan reading from Hex my most recent novel that is about the life of Gilly Duncan, who was convicted of being a witch and was tried and convicted to death on the 4th of December, 1591. She was executed on Castle Hill in Edinburgh. And the inspiration from the book came from the North Berwick Witch Trials and a lifelong interest in witchcraft and the occult and the conviction of women who are often being tried for being women rather than the things that they're accused of. So at this point in history, King James V was coming in from Denmark with his 14-year-old wife, Queen Anne. And he was trying to land at North Berwick Bay. And he said that there was a huge storm came down and he was prevented from landing with his new wife because there was 200 witches in cauldrons out on the bay. Uh, and they were with the devil and they were preventing him from entering the country. So at the time, King James was writing Demonology, which was going to be the Witch Hunter's Bible. And I don't think it's incidental at all that it was probably good marketing to start a, a very large witch hunt at the same time. And certainly there were lots of beliefs around godliness and, you know, a king as being the representation of God on earth. But also there were so many other things involved in why women were accused of these things. And for Gilly Duncan... She was just a young girl. She was a teenage girl. She was a maid. She worked for the bailiff, David Sweeten, and he had a wife whose brother had a wife, Euphemia McAlsian, who had just inherited lots of money from their family, and he wanted that money. How could he discredit Euphemia McAlsian? 
uh, a woman who was powerful, a woman who had her own money, a woman whose husband took her name, which was almost unheard of, well, he could have her accused of being a witch. Who could he find to accuse her of being a witch? Well, he has this young maid working in his home who has started to go out at night. And that really is why Gilly Duncan was convicted and tried of these crimes. There was a superstition not about witchcraft, but about women and the laws and legislations that were created in this time are still relevant today. So Hex is the story of a woman called Iris who comes back from the future to spend the last 12 hours with Gilly in her cell so that she's not alone in the last 12 hours of her life before she's executed. And it's a story of their friendship, it's a story of the times, and it's a story of a conversation between two women with 500 years between them, and it's a celebration of that. And it starts here in chapter one with Iris, who comes back from the future. Chapter one, Iris, midnight. Open invitation sent via seance, 1st of August 2021, to sell on the high street, 4th of December 1591. Elements, null, plus air. I was out in the null, in perpetuity it seemed. I was bodiless and formless until things began to appear. A row of oil-lit street lamps, a cobbled road sloping down. The moon, a thin smile. City trees bending their boughs so far back, the winds wild. Tall tenements building line the road to Castle Hill. A witch will die here in the morning. I descend a full three levels below the city of Edinburgh into a low arched stone corridor. A guard is nestled in a nook. He peers into the gloom. I need him to go so I can come to you. Coalesce right next to his ear and whisper. Back out you go, into the null. Go on. Your body is so heavy, isn't it? Who is that? I don't know how I know how to do this, but I do. I always have. I gently help his consciousness to separate from his body. It's only dreaming. I say it into his ear, low and over and over, until his eyes close and his head lolls. To be able to do something like this, you must learn not to have those around you drink your energy. I have learned the hard way. As a child, I used to give away light like it was nothing. Those without it would fill themselves up with all that good energy, like I was an eternal font. The purest light attracts the most impenetrable darkness. Great, giant moths of death come flying for it at night, all across the world. They will smother any source until all they have left is an empty husk. I will pay a price for this. That is how it goes. With shaken hands that don't feel quite solid at all, I take off his boots and wretch. Can a spirit dweller vomit? Yes, 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 when a stench is this bad, they can. He has horned yellow toenails, thick and fungal, throw his boots away down a tiny wee well. If he wakes, he won't get anywhere quickly. You need time to prepare, Gilly Duncan. They will execute you in the morning. Strike a match. We have so little time. I must hurry now. Chapter 2, Iris. 12.37am, open invitation pursued via astral travel. 1st of August 2021, to sell on High Street, 4th of December 1591. 
elements, null and air. Your cell is several floors below the city. It is far below footfall or taverns or flats, below beds or kitchens or hugs or hope or church or prayer or freedom or laughter or air, below shuttered windows or dogs asleep in front of fires. It is so far below the seasons they might as well not exist. There is only one kind of weather in here, freezing cold and cloaked in darkness. The air is stagnant. I must wait a minute. Make sure the guard does not wake. The last thing I could take is him coming to you. You are down here somewhere, Gilly Duncan, and I'm willing to go as far as I have to, so you are not alone on this, the last night of your life. I put a call out to the ether for you. I have never channeled directly like this before. Was far too afraid to do so. Travelled time all my life. Have had spirits come to me, go through me, had them drag me out of my body and throw me across rooms or ceilings all night long. I have seen one half naked just out the bath holding a big knife. I heard them and hosted them before I knew how to form words or smile. For you though, I have been out in the null. I was waiting. Unsure what this will mean for my health or my life, will I get to go back? 500 years between us, Gilly Duncan. It's such a little leap, really. A conversation between two witches across time. I am nervous. I miss you. Don't ask me why I feel like this because I don't know. Some people think it's not possible to so desperately miss someone you do not yet know or a home you have never had, but I do. I have done so my whole life. I miss people I've never met. Mourn them, even more than those who have already, one by one, been taken from me. The hangman will be here by dawn. I reach for the guard's keys. He has put a padlock through them, and they are locked into a metal hoop high up on the wall. There are no risks taken with witches, if only. The hangman might have found your cell door ajar. Dust spiralling through a wan sliver of light. On the floor, a single feather. His boots would pivot in the dirt, pound back up the corridor, onto the close, up onto the high street, where people would already be walking by with their scrubbed morning faces, clean and ready to watch Gilly Duncan die. She took flight. What? The prisoner? The witch? She's gone. Where? The devil took her. Or a familiar. The last guard's in a spellbound stupor. The man is barely there. Idiot. I'd love to hear the roar. Who would dare stop a good hanging? All the women I know would. Any one of us. We'd each come back and do this gladly. The murder of Gilly Duncan is to be performed for the state and the king and the bailiff who accused her. It is for the God-fearing. It is for the ordinary people who like a good hanging. For those who need to hate, to elevate themselves on hatred. If you were not hanged in the morning, Gilly, how many people would go home feeling cheated, disappointed not to see you die in front of them? They want to be able to say they were there when Gilly Duncan died, to dine out on the story for years. There was a witch we saw killed. I turned down the last tiny winding corridor. You have to be at the end somewhere along here. Your murder is a message for the masses. King James's enemies will shudder. Will his wife, Anne, 14 and wed to a man who likes men and is paranoid he'll be caught out for it. Over 300 tailors worked on Anne's wedding dress. It is all spectacle. Weddings, births, hangings. There is a bloodlust in humans. 
Let's watch a girl hang to death. The king is showing all his might. Who would fight a man who has taken down the devil himself? King James didn't start this particular witch hunt, but he will certainly finish it. How does he fight the devil? Well, now you ask. Via teenage girls, doesn't everyone? We go after the devil via womb bearers. They're weak for him. Widows, did she inherit a woman on her own? Is she tall? Is she ugly? Does she twitch? Is she too smart? Did she look a man right in the eye? Did she heal a pig? Did she birth a child who died? Did she speak harshly? No, they won't tolerate that. A woman's voice is a hex. She must learn to exalt men always. If she doesn't do that, then she is a threat, a demon whore, a witch. So says everyone and the law. So says the king and his guards. So says the witch pricker and his sadistic friends. So say the husbands, the haters, the wives, the daughters, the God-fearing. Demons are always trying to kill them, so they know. So says the hangman who sleeps with Bible in his hand. There is your cell, Gilly Duncan. Finally. It has taken so long to get here that I must not cry. I throw my arms up and a billow of dust falls. I have finally coalesced into a slightly more solid form. Your cell is tiny and dark. You're still a child, really. Who's that there? Can you see me, Gilly? Shh! If he hears you, it'll be me that gets it. I can't see you properly. It's too dim. What are you? Are you a demon? My name is Iris. Are you mad, Iris? Do you know what they'll do if they find you here? How did you get in? I travelled three times. Liar. I did to get to you. Why? So you wouldn't be on your own on this of all nights. You shuffle forward a touch, less scared than a minute ago. Are you my familiar? No. Almost up at the cell bars, you look right at me. Are you sure? Rats scrape in the corner. You hold my gaze. Head turned away, eyes towards me. The outline of your nose and forehead and chin is marked in moonlight. You look like a silver face on a ten-pence coin. No, I don't think that's possible, Gilly. I mean, I didn't think of that. No, I see. How are you going to get back, exactly, Iris from the ether? I don't know. You smile then, a small giggle. You have an indent in your chin, soft hairs at your temple. Your skin is so thin it seems precarious that it holds your blood and bones and organs and heart and soul. You're thinking of my insides, my dear strange visitor. No, liar. So? You know, any minute now, all my innards may spill onto the floor at your feet. You'll be in my sticky blood. My heart will still beat next to my liver and kidneys and my eyes will rotate in a crimson pool, staring at you. My mouth too, open and laughing. Gilly? What? You thought I'd play nice? Tell me what tonight's guard looks like. I need to know if he's the one who visits my cell before morning. I don't think I can take it if it's him. Not even one last time. Your fist is ball tight. Jaw set like marble. Eyes hooded in darkness. And you're full of a fear so pure it smells like rotting pears. The guard won't get back up again tonight, I promise. You did that for me. I tried, Gilly. You know what you said about a familiar? I was the one. I called out to you. But did you? I don't know, Iris. Did I? Our thoughts march like mechanical clocks. The hangman will be here early. I know. 
You open your hands like a prayer book. Ankles so thin, skirt bunched up and dirty. Your right leg sticks out from your skirt at an angle, like they broke it and didn't let it sit right afterwards. You're all bone, more than pallid. You're a girl made of moon. Dark eyes that might have been some other colour once, but they took the pigment out of them and you're already gone. As you would expect from Jenny, she tells the story with great care for the women who were victims and the women who survived this. There's a great deal of reverence for all these women and girls. The story is incredibly well paced and the relationship between Gilly and Iris is really special. So you will read the book in a single sleepless night, I guarantee that you will. And you'll be thinking about it for a long time afterwards. Irvin Welsh has already described it as one of the most stunning literary experiences he's had in years. So please do snap up a copy from your local independent bookshop or from your local library. Remember, it's free to use and it's yours to use. The book is published by Polygon, which is an imprint of Berlin, and it's available now. So please be sure to share this episode with your fellow witches, warlocks and familiars. And do not be shy to get in touch because we love to hear from you in this dimension or the next. And a copy of this book is available on our social channels. So make sure to follow us for your chance to win it. As always, thank you for listening and join us again soon.